0: What's up, everybody? You're listening to the Canby Christian Church podcast. This is an on Sunday episode. That's the episode where the three pastors of the church get together in a dank basement and talk about what happened on Sunday. Even though it's a Monday, this is on Sunday. <laughs> I'm Cody. I'm Rob. <laughs> you are, huh? What? No, I guess I'm Aaron. I'm Aaron?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: nice. Well,
0: that Try to mix it up. You say who you are though. I'm Aaron. Cuz people want to hear your voice.
2: Yeah, Aaron, Aaron, Aaron. 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 <laughs> I'm just Rob. Just Rob. Just Rob. Nice. That's
0: me. Yeah, So we're going to discuss the sermon from Sunday, and also sometimes we get to discuss questions that come up. If you want to be someone who asks a question on the podcast, uh, you can email office at org. or like most people, they come here on a Sunday, and they just write it on the back of a connection card and drop it there Mm -hmm. for us. But before we do that, let's uh, see how
2: everybody's week was. Rob? How was your week? Uh, It was cool. Uh, Post Easter, just recapping things. We we got back into life groups on Thursday, Mm -hmm. which was good. We skipped a week because we were preparing for Good Friday services. And so we missed life group last week. So it was nice to get back into the group. And uh, we had good attendance, you know. Uh, I heard what happened in your group. I heard something happened where you. What did you have going on on Thursday? Well, so I
0: uh, I had an open house at the elementary school. So we walked over the the school our girls attend is just the one you know right up the block. Uh, so we walked over there and did the whole thing. They do like a um, a uh, a special like book that everybody reads together. Hmm. Uh, oh wow! And so Jen Silvernagle, she's in, in charge of that, and so wow. she had put together this open house at all these different things based on this this book, the uh, Ulysses. Uh, oh yeah, and the I can't remember, but it, it's a movie on, on Disney
2: Plus oh, okay. right now. If yeah, you want to go
0: watch it, about the squirrel that has superpowers, right? Mm. Um, and so there was all this squirrel themed stuff. There was donuts. There was giveaways. There was a, a you know an obstacle course. But you took your life group over there. No, just oh. the, just us. So we were late. Oh, so I see, I see. our other life group mm-hmm. leaders let it. But we weren't there. And I guess a lot of our group came late. So oh. there was just like four of them looking at each other. And then the group next to ours was just a couple people looking at each other. And so they combined. And then everyone came. That's so, <laughs> so funny. So we combined and then had like 12 people stuffed into one room like doing the discussion because everybody came late after they had made the choice to get together hmm.
2: but how was your group bro? that happens my group was cool it was good there were still a few people um out but uh we had a pretty full group um but yeah it was good we actually let's see on saturday i think it was saturday we went up to portland and we went to this food truck me and my family um called Smashburger. Yeah. there's there's I a ton like of heard, places yeah, okay. it's pretty good he it's just one dude he was super nice I'm a big fan <laughs> of a smash birthday. he like I guess he makes his own cheese and uh that's crazy he was yeah <laughs> What's he right out of? that I was like uh, what do you yeah that <laughs> got me thinking but he, he like <laughs> explained the process of like Oh, I get, he gets cheddar and then an emulsifier and he does all these different things to it. And my, my son was really interested in like how he does it. So he was talking about it with him and he was like, he, he came up with his own idea of what the instruments that you use to make cheese. He's like, how do you get the milk to be hard like that? Do you have to use some kind of like different, like things to make it hard and he was trying to explain how cheese works and all this it was very confusing but at the end of it Owen was like really excited and mm-hmm. enjoyed it, it he That's has funny. these cheddar fries that are very good mm. and he he puts cheese like flat on the griddle and sort of chars it almost yeah and then folds it over it's just the way that he makes and then smashes it down obviously so yeah. anyways uh, it was a burger super good.
0: I've always wanted to try they do, it's like a smash burger they they flatten the patty on there but then they put like a two-hand handful of shredded cheese on it. They just drop it on there, and so they call it the cheese skirt because it it spreads out way bigger than the actual thing, and it fries all crispy, and then they put that on a bun, and you get served this hamburger with a... just a skirt of fried cheese all around it so you peel off the fried cheese and like eat (laughs) you eat the fried cheese as like basically an appetizer Mm. before you get into the burger (laughs) wow I gotta go try smash burger then that sounds great it
2: was good and it was like the hour of no rain that day (laughs) because it was all rainy and then the sun actually the morning was pretty sunny and then it rained there was like a just downpour and then it was clear for like an hour and so Mm. We uh, got in there in that one window, but yeah, it was fun. That's funny. Nice. What'd you do this week, Aaron? You were well. Not I here wasn't on here. Sunday. I
1: was not here on Sunday, and uh, my neighbor Brian invited me to a guys' weekend. And uh, evidently, he got involved in this guys' weekend with a bunch of other guys from the community about ten years ago, and uh, it started with the, all of their wives were getting away for like a girls' weekend. And one of the guys had this bright idea like, hey, this isn't fair. We need a guy's weekend. So I don't think the girl's weekend is happening anymore, but the guy's weekend is still (laughs) going going on, going strong. This was their (laughs) this was their ninth year. And uh, but anyway, Brian invited me to go. And I knew obviously Brian and I knew two other guys um, like more acquaintance like. And so I was excited to get to know them and uh a little bit more, and all of the uh, there were twelve guys total, all of the other guys I didn't know at all um and uh yeah i i I think going into the weekend, I was kind of excited to just hang out with Brian, my neighbor a little bit more, and the couple guys that I knew get to know them a little bit more and uh meet some of these other guys who live in camby and uh but it yeah, it's kind of interesting because basically the majority of them are not Christians like at all. And so it's funny to when you're not only a very convicted Christian, um, but also like a, a pastor, (laughs) (laughs) um, the dynamics change in those sort of environments. And so it was, uh, it was interesting hanging out with this group of guys. And I, I'm like, as you guys know, I'm an evangelist at heart and uh want to see people come to know jesus um but it was it i think it's good for every pastor to find this pool of people where they're not all like christians and live in the christian life and so you sort of remember that you live in a broken world with broken people and people are trying to deal with that brokenness outside of faith and they try and deal with that stuff in all kinds of different ways Mm -hmm. and i think it keeps you sharp And it keeps you humble and it keeps you focused on the mission and it it helps you to not become sort of pharisaic in thinking, you know, like without the grace of God, I could be in a gutter somewhere, you know, like Mm -hmm. we are in no position as Christians to judge anybody. Um, (laughs) because if it were not for the grace of God, we would be doing, a lot of a lot of weird things to try and deal with our own issues, you know. Yeah, um, probably
0: all three of us probably could think about our trajectory, like
1: before, like yeah, before a God real
0: conversion to Christianity, and be like, "Holy crap, I would have been way off the reservation." Well, I was o-
1: I was already way off the reservation, and and so what I'm saying is there was only like going off the cliff. <laughs> yeah. Right after that, and so. Um, but I mean, uh, now I've been a Christian for over 17 years Hmm. and what I'm saying is when you are that long down the road walking with Jesus, you sort of, um, I mean, I, I I hang out with non-Christians quite a bit and so it's not like I need that reminder that there are people still out there trying to figure it out without God, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's, it's good. And, and, and the other thing I think too, I'll, I'll say this, I'm not going to say much about the conversations, but I, I had a conversation (laughs) with one guy and he was, he was very, he was struggling spiritually, like big time. Like he was raised in a really bad situation and he's kind of angry at God. And he started saying things like Christian, this Christian, that, and, and almost like Christian is a four letter word to him. And I just looked at him and I'm like, dude, to be honest with you, it sounds like you've never met a real Christian Hmm. (laughs) because I don't know what you're talking about. Like that's not Christianity. Everything you just described is not Christianity. I'm sorry that that's your um, experience with Christians. And he was saying some things and I just told him, I'm like, you know, don't take this the wrong way. Um, but I'm the realest Christian you'll you'll ever meet. I just humbly speaking, I, humbly I'm the speaking. realist, <laughs> but I was like, realist. but it was like I, I said that to the sense of like, don't don't typecast me as somebody like, you know, these people that you were raised with or, or those friends that you had or whatever. Like, yeah, I'm that's not who I am. that's not who I am. And, <laughs> and I say that because I don't think Paul said arrogantly imitate me as I imitate Christ. Right. I think he was just genuinely saying like, dude, I'm following Jesus. and through the sufferings, through Mm -hmm. the trauma, I love him. He loves me and I'm not legalistic. I'm not judgmental and you know, just all of these things, just all this stuff that he was saying. And, uh, but yeah, I said it to him and because I think people hate God because they hate his representatives. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's like the Gandhi quote, right? I like, uh,
0: I like your Jesus, but not your Christian but or not your christian yeah, so yeah i like, yeah. I like yeah. christ but not your christians and yeah, the, that's and that's great. true there's there's, there's a lot of there's
1: a lot of bad representation out there, and that blows you know um but I think when you meet a Do real, we need to bleep that just, <laughs> I think that's oh, okay that's a that's a normal word it, it 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 it. Uh, we need to bleep that bleep there probably <laughs> um but the, uh, yeah, it, it's lame when, when people meet people who represent Jesus, but who don't really represent Jesus. You right. Know? Right. I, I agree with that. So, but, but then I come home, you know, it was like, it was a good weekend away and I came home and I cleaned up all of my stuff, all my clothes and washed my clothes. And then I, as I was cleaning up, I listened to your sermon, Cody. Nice. And I was very encouraged hmm, cool. by it. And, uh. If you want to get into it, we can get into it. Good, yeah. I,
0: well, I was thinking um, that I would. I I probably need to address a couple of things first. Oh, do it on the podcast. I can't wait. Um, and and that is one is to Brandon Chase. Okay. Brandon Chase does read books. Yes, yes, he does. <laughs> he does read books. It, it's not his favorite activity, which was what I was trying to convey. <laughs> right, right, right. But he is willing to work yeah at yeah, yeah. reading a book and, <laughs> and he'll engage in a, a conversation so uh and, and he's a very faithful volunteer here yeah maybe he should be the volunteer of the week i think he already has been though so we'll have a different one yeah another but, time uh, but but he does like reading books <laughs> and we we have another elder uh a chairman of our elders yeah Dave and, Howard, and he does not officially endorse any movies. <laughs> Which I mentioned on the, on the podcast. If you don't like this movie, talk to Dave. He was not suggesting to anyone that, that, you, that you listen to it. but also, uh, uh, Hannah Simon, I just casually mentioned her question about women covering their heads and just moved on and, uh, and she does not think that all the women in her church need to cover their heads. I didn't say <laughs> anything about her thoughts on it. Um, and so when, I was just, when was that? That was a while ago. Oh, now, a long but, time. but I'm go. thinking okay. back. Now, now We that, still need to answer her question. Now that a couple of have these not have to. come to my attention, I'm thinking back and, and I'm I'm thinking of people that maybe I, I own an apology to. Yeah. Because I, sometimes Unintentionally I just, sometimes offended. I just
2: talk. <laughs> we need to have like and a they re- just
0: come out. Well, I was thinking about there's a podcast that a friend really likes to listen to. It's a Christian podcast. And every week, uh, <coughs> this like high level biblical scholar uh, who's a professor at some college, she listens to their podcast and sends them a list of everything they said that was heretical so they could address oh. it in the next, in the next uh, episode of the podcast. And I think maybe like I need to find someone with better social skills than me and just have them send me the list of people I should apologize
2: to at the end of each podcast <laughs> but yeah. yeah then you we'll, need to have we'll like get a, there. a retractions section <laughs> exactly retraction. and it needs to have a sting you know <laughs> that's
0: essentially what
1: their like their podcast does here's
0: the yeah. retractions these weren't biblically accurate yeah. statements yeah we're, like, we're not
1: going to spend half of our lives apologizing <laughs> for all the things those in the bible you know love covers a multitude of yeah. sins so hopefully those who find that offensive <laughs> would choose love yeah. Over offense. Well, um, now,
0: I'm, now I'm afraid
1: that but we want to labor to not give offense. And that's what we're doing. Right
0: now, now I'm afraid that I made those people sound like they were complaining <laughs> and that addressing <laughs> and it and now it you need to only apologize made it again. worse. Oh, my goodness. We're
2: in a cycle. We're in a, a vicious cycle of, of asking oh no. for forgiveness. Yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of Brandon Chase, <laughs> he uh, uh, taught the Devo this Saturday for the men's huddle. So yeah. we ought to mention that. That was a great time. With the he guys, he great. did a, a wonderful job looking at First John three, which is uh, not yeah hard not, text. Yeah, it's a hard text. First John chapter three, like one through eight, I think it was. And there's some really good promises in there, but there's also a challenging, you know, word in there. And I thought he uh, he did really well handling that and shared a wonderful story. So he did a great job, uh, no doubt. He, yeah, he spent some time preparing about it yeah and he didn't have much notice i only gave him about a week <laughs> nice. um but well he's got a lot of time so a week, <laughs> a, a, week
0: a, a week is like six days longer than we gave andy Bly notice oh that's to lead true. For it. and yeah. he did a good
2: job too he jumped yeah. in there and uh yeah that went really well and then mike off shared his story mike hurtado so yeah, Men's Huddle went went really good. Sweet. Yeah. So
1: Sweet. don't miss those; they're awesome. I know. Well, we're we're t- speaking as two guys who. Well, I missed the whole thing because so I was gone over the weekend, and I missed half. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, just that t- that was a little uh, rabbit trail from my very smooth. I know. <laughs> what I I'm thought, so Introduction it into was the a, passage. Not really, it was a awesome segue. Yeah. And, I, and I then you just yeah blew it up. <laughs> now let's try and put Humpty Dumpty back together again, <laughs> and <laughs> go into this. <laughs> Yeah. Go to this passage. Yeah. I will say very briefly, I'm jealous because hmm. y'all might not know this. This is my favorite story. This is a great story. In all of the gospels, uh, excluding right parables, right? Those are like stories about stories. Uh, my favorite parable is the parable of the sower, but this story outside of the cross and resurrection, which is obvious, um, <laughs> I love this story the most. Well, you can hit it again the day after Easter next year.
0: Yeah, cuz we proved you can preach the exact same yeah, text. Cuz nobody on remembers. Easter, one year to the next. That's right. Why can't you do the same one the the, the week after Easter? Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: It is it, it's a great passage. Uh and it, it was it was a um I mean not necessarily fun because I I what I saw in these characters was a, a loss of hope and despair and the way that jesus came in to confront that and to correct their thinking so uh it wasn't necessarily fun to go like what's all the ways this could relate to my life Mm -hmm, uh and share but uh but it was good yeah it was a good time of research a good time of of uh spending in god's word Mm -hmm. with jesus by my side guiding the Mm -hmm. you know the writing of that sermon
1: For the for those who did not catch Sunday, we're talking about Luke twenty four thirteen. The 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 road to the road to Emmaus, as it is commonly called, where Jesus after the resurrection appears unbeknownst.
2: Well not in disguise. Like in disguise is probably the best. In disguise
1: to to two disciples, not of the inner twelve, um as they're walking out of Jerusalem toward Emmaus, which it says in the note is about seven miles from Jerusalem. So they're leaving the city. And as they're walking, they're discussing together all the things that happened. Their hopes were dashed and their eyes were kept from recognizing this Jesus who came and he begins a conversation with these two guys. Hey, what what happened? (laughs) They're like, what are you talking about? Have you not been here? He's like, me the things going on and so he has a conversation they they tell him what they thought he tells them what they thought and then more communion happens but anyway mm-hmm. that's the story road to emmaus great text you can read it on your
2: own luke 24 13 to uh, what is it 34 35 35 yeah mm-hmm. and you said these two guys but i thought an interesting point you made cody is yeah. the other disciple is unnamed mm-hmm. and it could very well have been a wife of yeah. this, this yeah. person, you know, which yep. I hadn't really thought through. Maybe it's just my, you know, I don't know the, the lenses through which I look as a man, you, you know, I think, I think, I think it's think men. men. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But that's kind of how it was listed back then. Right. Like you would list the number and it's like, that was the number of men and then there was women and children around, you know what I mean? Like that's yeah. kind of how in that culture it was presented. That was actually a note uh, that I found uh, um, from the eldest, Shriner, hmm. the Tom Shriner, yeah, Tom Shriner. That was in his commentary on, on this passage about what did what did he say about it? He just mentioned that scholars have wondered if this is the Clopas from John, and if this is just Cleopas and his wife are yeah. the two disciples w- walking along. I I mean I that's I mean he has to say exactly what I said that we have no idea. I don't think he was even presenting it as the most logical or most possible. He just noted that scholars have kicked this idea around, you know?
1: Yeah. It says in here uh, that it was Cleopas. Oh, yeah, in verse 18. Then one of them named Cleopas. Yeah, that's
0: when one's named, one's unnamed. And so that might be... You know, as, as as I was looking at it, it, kind of felt like that could be true. One in that one, why is one named and not the other? Is that because they're just mm-hmm. noting the the man of the party? Um, but the other was that it is kind of strange how he goes in and makes this comment about the women going there, because that comment is buried in what seems like an argument for why this is not the Messiah. He's we hoped he's the one to redeem Israel but he's not that one and he follows that with like the women went and they saw in a vision of angels and then also the you know a bunch of our other guys went and they found nothing you know it's like kind of like why did he present this thing that actually would make you think that jesus has been resurrected but you're clearly saying he wasn't you know but yeah. it made me wonder if it's because there's two people with like one with this set of women that they trust and one with the set of men that they trust. The mm. women are like, he's resurrected. The men are like, he's not. And they're walking around. They're tossing the ideas around, but I don't know. It's yeah. Just kind of interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I think
2: that's actually very helpful. I mean, especially on the heels of looking at Mark, that text, which seemed to highlight the differences between how the men and women are interacting with what, what had happened, you know, after the death of Jesus, uh-huh. um, so that that was something that was totally new to me in my rereading of this. I hadn't considered that. So it was an interesting note I think you made there for sure. Mm. Yeah, and, yeah. And that makes sense because if they're leaving Jerusalem after the Passover, generally you would be with your family going to Jerusalem in a way. So it makes sort of sense in that regard too that he him and his wife would have visited Israel for the Passover and then seeing all these things and they were obviously listening and following Christ during that time. And then now they're going back to maybe where they lived or their family is mm-hmm. off in the country or Emmaus. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, yeah, it is. A, it's a very great story the, what they, what they retell to Jesus that they don't recognize is Jesus is mm-hmm. it, it's really cool. It's instead of Jesus was walking up and immediately telling them the story he basically like tries to find out what's your issue, what's your problem? Like you help me understand what your issue is by telling me from your own words these things. And th- by the way they retell the story, now you have their perspective. Oh, okay, they didn't understand that this man wasn't just a prophet. They, they look at, they call him Jesus of Nazareth, right? So they're focused on mm-hmm. this, his location, his humanity. He, he was a prophet, not the son of God, like you said in your sermon. I mm-hmm. thought that was really good, bringing those things out. And it is all about perspective. But you opened with this idea about, like, loss of hope mm-hmm. and, lo- uh, and despair. And it, it's, it, when, when I was hearing that, it was such a great introduction because I think a lot of people experience hope and despair in, in very real ways. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of people who experience a loss of hope and despair from failed expectations. And and so they had expectations that were unrealistic. Um, Spiritually speaking, they have expectations that God himself never said, but yet they're holding God's feet to the fire on it as if he did say it. And then when he doesn't pull through in the way they want him to pull through, then they're angry or they lost hope or they're Mm -hmm. in despair or whatever. And he wasn't there for me. In, in this situation, and that's wh- when I was listening to your sermon, I had just come off this really, really horrible conversation with this guy on the trip. And, and when I say horrible, I mean like he was confessing things that were really difficult for him, mm-hmm. things that happened to him. And and there was a lot of things, expectations that he was holding upon God and they weren't true. They weren't biblical. And then when God didn't pull through, now he's angry at God and hates him. And, and instead has reserved just to believe that he's not real. He doesn't exist because these things couldn't reconcile together. So it was cool for me listening to that because I had just interacted with somebody who was in the place like these guys just in despair, but it wasn't because God let them down. It was because their expectations of what God was supposed to do for them didn't come to fruition, you know? And, uh, anyway, I thought that was really cool. I appreciated the way you opened though. Hmm. You were very vulnerable. Yeah and uh did you want to talk about that yeah
0: all? no I mean I, th- I think you had you did have a good note that like probably and I didn't really think about this that much uh, other I was just trying to think of a time that I probably was in a similar mindset that these disciples might have found themselves yeah, in yeah um, but I didn't think about the fact that probably most people in our church are just like they've Some dude applied. They hired some dude.
1: Yep. Cool. That worked out nice. Seems like a great guy. Nice dude. (laughs) Right. Always smiling. His wife is always smiling. He must be just a wonderful guy. Never had any problems in his life. Right.
0: Yeah. And I think that's what I think. Yeah. That was an important thing. Uh, for me to be able to express gratitude to this community, yeah. because it has been a really, really life-giving experience. Our transition to here, and and I, the you know the the church plant I was a part of wasn't a, a bad thing. Nothing bad happened to me there. No one yeah. mistreated me. You know, it was nothing like that. It wasn't like there was some scandal involved. But right. it was just hard. And I had a lot of self doubt and a lot of like, what am I doing? Maybe I'm not really called to ministry. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm not really a pastor at all. Maybe I'm not really any of these things. And being here and and being able to do ministry in a place where like it's going well and like, (laughs) and it's not, uh, it's not the same, uh, you know, arrogance that I expressed of like, we're finally going to get it right. I think all of us at times when things are going really well around here are like, Dude, why is this working?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> like, it's not like, I mean, we have strong convictions and I've been led, uh, thankfully been led into those convictions by, by your leadership. Uh, we have strong convictions about what the church should be, what it should be like. We're reading a book right now on what the mission of the church is and how not to get it mixed up with good things that aren't the mission of the church. Like we have strong convictions about that, but I don't think any of us are going like, yep, yeah, th- that, that was all our choices. Right. Yeah. Perfect choices. That's why we're so successful now. Right, you know? for sure. Um, but it, but being a part of this has been really life-giving, really uh, healing and and affirming that God does have a call in my life to ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that is a really important thing that the people of this church should know and should be, you know, for lack of a better term, should be proud of themselves that they yeah. that they helped a, a you know, a pastor feel
1: those feel that energy again, you know. Well, I mean, it reminds me of Hebrews 13:17, right? right? Obey your leaders, submit to them, for they have to give an account before God <laughs> for you. <laughs> and then it says, "Let them do this with joy." For what good is that to you, you know? And I think it's the, it's sort of this back and forth. He's talking to the leaders of the church that they are to lead well, that they also are to do it knowing that God's, you know, going to hold them accountable for how they lead. Um, Are they doing it according to his word or according to their arrogant uh, agendas? Um, But then there's also a word to the members there of like, you're these leaders are going to do well if you let them lead and if you let them do it with joy like they want to serve you mm-hmm. and so encourage them yeah. i just had an older gentleman in the office just drop by and i don't know i don't normally do this if somebody anymore if somebody just drops in unannounced. If you're over the age of 70, I'll do it for you. <laughs> you've, you've earned it. <laughs> if you're under the age of 70, you have to set an appointment. <laughs> but if you're over the age of That's 70. Ageism. Uh, this this
0: tol- it's totally not true either. It's not true. <laughs> you, I, you, no, welcome, I, no, you welcome the distractions. But what I'm saying <laughs> is this guy comes in and it was like,
1: hey, this guy, he wants to, you know, just say hi to you. And I'm like, of course, I will definitely go down there and say hi to him. And it was an hour conversation. And he just encouraged me for an hour about (laughs) all the things that he's seeing going on. And he's been coming here since 1960. Wow. And so, yeah, he I appreciate everything that he says, you know, like, I mean,
0: that's 1960. You've seen so much of this church. You've seen so much of
1: of what could happen in it. That's 24 years before I was born. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, it's really cool to see hear that and stuff like that but i appreciated you being vulnerable mm. and i resonated with your statement about how when you're done here you know this church has done more for you than you did for mm. it yeah. and like those words have literally come out of my mouth mm, mm, cool <laughs> that when, at, in fact they came out of my mouth before i even got hired here <laughs> i was candidating and i said I, I i told the the people who were there in the room I said, I'm a young guy and I'm going to work hard, but I promise you this church will do more for me than Mm. I did for it. Yeah. And, uh, and, and they have, they have lived up to that. It's been hard as anybody who's been here for four and a half years would know. Um, it's been a really hard journey, but, and I've, I've tried to do the best I can. And, but at the same time, there's been people who have really like championed and encouraged me. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't be the person I am without them today, you know? So anyway, yeah. I was, awesome. I was happy to hear that you have the same <laughs> impression. Yeah. And, uh, that, that encouraged me. And, uh, but coming from a place of despair and how the church, this church has brought you, breathed life and hope back into your ministry and, stuff like that it encouraged me to listen to all of that sat
2: saturday morning i was sitting with a couple of the gentlemen at the men's huddle and the guys that i was sitting with um well lauren lesher
1: L- lauren was there lauren yeah. was there awesome uh <laughs> if he n-
2: comes in in the middle of the day
1: i will spend time you'll with clear the afternoon yeah, i'll clear the afternoon <laughs> with uh with
2: a new knee uh oh, praise it, the Lord. yeah so he, I. It's the first time I would met him, I'd heard about him from others because I know he's been here for many, many years. And I was sitting with Greg Newman and Rudy, who I don't know his last name. Do you know Prail? Oh yeah. So I was sitting with these, you know, guys who and Rudy's newer to the church. Okay.
1: Yeah, Rudy's new. he he was in Cambie though years and years ago, then moved mm. away and just recently returned.
2: Yeah, and these gentlemen that we were talking about how the. The makeup of the church of late has been very intergenerational. Even yeah. even in the men's huddle, you know, he was commenting and looking out, and he said, "You know why I have hope for a lot of what's happening at this church is as I look out and I see." these men of different ages. Yeah. Not just, Hey, we're all young. <laughs> right. Or not that we're just all sort of in the, the twilight of our lives. It was, and he was just commenting on this and it was really encouraging. We ended up praying together as we do at the men's huddles for, uh, you know, the different people in our church. And we even mentioned Ron, you know, to tone who just turned. Yeah. 90. I think he turned
1: 93 on that day.
2: <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, praying for him and it's just a, a wonderful thing to see the uh the depth and mm-hmm. the uh the legacy that this church and the and the you know the faithful saints of the past have shepherded and and stewarded this church for many many years and and have continued to you know it's a transfer and change from different leadership but it's it's just thriving and doing well now yeah. and so anyways just yeah i think i think that was an encouragement to to see into yeah. um, on Saturday and on Sunday.
1: What what was Cody, what was the uh, what stood out to you immediately it sounds like was the despair of these guys. Yeah. Was there anything else that sort of like stood out to you as like a major feature of your main point? Yeah, well I mean the communion, right?
0: When Jesus
1: mm. breaks bread mm. and blesses it, you're
0: like it immediately evokes a very specific other story. In the Bible, you know, the Last Supper. Yeah, yeah. So that was definitely the the big thing. And then, obviously, uh, uh, you know, a, as I said in the message, I think the. Uh, sorry, I'm looking at it. First Peter. Let me switch over. Um, I think this uh, it would be verse 27, and beginning with Moses and all the prophets, on mm-hmm. pro- all the prophets he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Mm-hmm. Like I think that's a a huge point in this story is that everything Moses, the prophets, all of that Old Testament, all of that or uh, um <laughs> we uh we were talking with that lady in Portland the other weekend <laughs> who who you oh, asked yeah, yeah, asked yeah, you yeah, if yeah. you ever run out of inspiration and you yeah. said I have a whole book and she's like and she was Jewish and she said, "Yeah, you got twice the book I have for no, inspiration or, yeah, or something like that." Yeah, she said
1: <laughs> she said something about the story and I was like yeah and I've got we've got the rest of the story (laughs) (laughs) yeah that was funny uh
0: but yeah so like with that whole thing which is interesting that he's like you have all of this story to have told you that this was coming and even now us we have both halves of the story Mm -hmm. telling us that that, that's what's happening and that's what Jesus is doing so I think that was a big point um and then as I mentioned we we often look at the bible selectively As these, because I mean, if you look at Isaiah 53, like the, the one suffering servant, this, yeah, if you think of probably, I mean, Jesus had to have mentioned this, right? It says he went to Moses and the prophets and said everything that pertained to him. Right. And if you look at that one, there's what, maybe one sentence or two sentences of the whole thing that are positive.
1: Yeah, yeah. And yeah. the
0: rest are like stricken, beaten, <coughs> like despised, you know, like yep. and then the the disciples are like, "Man, where where's all the glory?"
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Like, what the heck? Why would he be beat up and die, you know? Yeah. And it, and it's, you know, the majority of the prophecies of Jesus are about terrible things happening to him, and yet they're confused when something terrible happens to Jesus, they're like, I "Guess he's not the dude. Let's move on," you know?
1: Yeah, I I think like why I say this is my favorite story is uh, and why I like that parable of the sower is because that story is a parable of about, about parables. That story helps us understand how to think about people who don't understand the word of God and why some people do. Um, And so anyway, what I like about it, but this story is kind of doing a similar thing. Mm. And so like theologically, a couple things are happening here you've got, and we talked about this on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, about the difference between inspiration and illumination. Yeah. So the inspiration of Scripture is like the Holy Spirit moved you know, certain men to write down God's Word and that Word is now inspired. But on the other side of that, the reader now, so that's the author, is inspired by the Holy Spirit, but the reader needs to be inspired by the Holy Spirit but we call that illumination. Yeah. So they have the word they have the prophets and they know this word and they know this word better than we know it. They know the stories. They can tell you the details. They can tell you all this stuff. The Jewish people, right? These two guys or a guy and his wife, maybe walking on the road. And, and so, but they're missing the Holy spirit in his opening their eyes, which you bring up brought up in your sermon. Mm -hmm in verse 16 but their eyes were kept from recognizing him they lacked what theologians call illumination the illumination mm. holy spirit and then verse 31 and their eyes were opened and they recognized <laughs> him and but this isn't just like a separate event right like two things are happening happening simultaneously the the holy spirit working in their hearts Aren't slow of heart to believe their eyes are opened in that moment and and in that moment the gospel is coming to them mm-hmm. like Jesus preaching about Jesus from the Old Testament and so it's this combination of Holy Spirit opening their eyes to see opening their hearts to believe what the gospel that's being communicated yeah. to them and And what's crazy, right, is their eyes weren't really opened until it says that verse thirty one their eyes were opened, but in verse thirty, he was at the table, he took the bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. And the moment like the gospel was put on display, yeah,
0: <laughs> was when
1: their eyes were opened. great way to say it and 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 then obviously he disappeared, but the way that they tell the story of themselves. Is did our hearts not burn within us mm-hmm. so you've got this like the eyes and the heart and I think anybody any Christian who reads this story like they want to read the Bible and have heartburn yeah. right they want to have their hearts set on fire for what they're learning and they're discovering about Jesus and the way God works and why I love this story personally not just because of those couple things and what it teaches but I came to Christ Like this happened to me like I showed up at a church. It wasn't making sense. My eyes were closed. My heart was hard and I heard the gospel and then the pastor started doing communion Mm. and it was like during the explanation of communion was when I believe God opened wow. my eyes
0: to see. You got to preach this one next year. <laughs> <laughs> but that's
1: my point. Like I, But yours was great. Yours was like I was in a place of despair, right? Yeah, like, I mean,
0: that. well, that's the point of, that's why we like all of us preaching yeah. different yeah. times. Like, we're all going to bring our own experiences right. into it. Right.
1: I would place. not have preached it like you. Yeah. But that, the way you preached it, I was like, gosh, I like the way he's going with this. Yeah. Because I think it was about despair. Mm-hmm. And... And but I, w- I and I would have preached with elements of despair, but I wouldn't have made that a big an, an element as you did. Um, and I appreciated that. Um, but I think like the end of the story m- has more impact on me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, be because <laughs> of that experience that I had when I came to faith, and and I think that all of those things happening together. That's why we pray that. God would open people's eyes through the ministry of the Holy spirit. Mm-hmm. And, but it doesn't happen unless we, the people enter into relationship with people like he's he, that's what he's doing here, right? He's having a conversation and getting to know these guys as they're just walking on the road together. And I think as Christians, we need to be journeying with people mm-hmm. because they all have a misconception of what the scriptures teach. And because of that, they don't have the gospel, and there, there is no light there to illumine them to salvation. But when you preach from the Bible and show them Jesus as the, as the fulfillment of Scripture and the ultimate answer to their, all their lives, the, the issues in their lives, then like their hearts are set on fire. Yeah. And, and their eyes can be opened. And, and I think it's in, um, incumbent upon us, right, to the key word here in the beginning of the Moses and the Prophet, he interpreted to them. Yeah. Like we have to help people come to a clear interpretation of the scriptural <laughs> facts. Right. And I, I, I think that's, that's our job. Mm-hmm. And, but God ultimately does the saving. Yeah. He brings hearts alive, eyes opened and helps these foolish ones who are slow of heart to believe in what what he ultimately has done for them, yeah. And uh, but anyway, that's kind of my like.
0: There was a, a cross reference that didn't make it in that I really would have loved to add to it, and it's in First Peter. That's why I was looking oh. at it when I got distracted. Um, but it's First
1: Peter caused one us to be born again.
0: It's well, Dang it. that might be another one. But yes. First Peter one eight because there's a lot in First Peter like one kind of eight through uh, thirteen that parallel the story that like uh, it has the prophets in there and talks about them. It talks about Mm. our eyes being open, but uh, starting at verse eight, it says, though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. And And that's kind of the, this ending part is when, Jesus vanishes, right? But his hope, his joy is still with them. Um and so that's us. We're all living on the other side of that Jesus vanished part. We <laughs> don't see him, but it's our faith and that faith is coming through the Holy Spirit as you're saying and it, it talks about the prophets. Um and I love this part. It said, "The prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours, they searched and inquired carefully." inquiring what person or time the spirit of christ in them the spirit of christ in the prophets before the human christ is born mm-hmm. right interesting uh when, what it was indicating when the predi- uh when they predicted the sufferings of christ and his subsequent glories like this really interesting and like you're saying if we're we're going into the text we should be searching inquiring carefully what exactly is this message for people
1: Mm -hmm, But then mm -hmm. I thought
0: the thing that was really interesting, if if we just skip a little bit, um, it said, uh, in the things that have now been announced to you through those who preach the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven things into which angels long to look Mm. (laughs) like the the this message is like it's stuff we're sharing stuff with people that heartburn you're talking about yeah like that's something the angels wish they could feel they wish they could see that it's this glorious heavenly thing that like is only for us who have put our faith in
1: jesus yeah and uh and even the angels wish they could go see that you know yeah no that that's way cool yeah. yeah, and I think there's this um, maybe a little bit of a reference to that when in, in the parable of the uh, lost sheep, lost coin, and the, obviously the lost son, the parable of the prodigal son, the like climactic verse in those is, and there is more rejoicing before the angels in heaven, yep. than, you know, w- right. when one sinner comes to repentance. And it's like the angels are experiencing God rejoice um when uh people come to repentance you know when their eyes are opened and you kind of see that a little bit here so there's like rejoicing in heaven at at this very moment when these guys are coming to faith and uh they're seeing you know lives changed i i love the last verse so the response is they run away they tell the the people they left in Jerusalem the the 11 and uh So they must have been not inner circle, but, you know, they know the inner circle Mm -hmm. and they go back. They tell the eleven and those who were gathered there, the Lord has risen. And they appeared to Simon, which is a funny little footnote. Um, And then they told what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. And I think that just kind of goes back to how it hit me a little bit, like how God makes himself known in... The lord's supper you know this like demonstration of the gospel and i think there's like a lot of really good elements that sort of highlight that um how the the preaching of the gospel and the demonstration of the gospel even in baptism you know you see people get baptized and you're like wow look at this a transformed life if he can change that person and you you hear their testimony you're like he could probably change someone like me like god We don't believe that those events, like, bring about salvation. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, baptism isn't necessary for salvation. Communion isn't necessary to keep salvation. But there is something unique that happens, something sacred, I guess, Mm -hmm. in those events. Like, we're not just eating bread and drinking a cup, right? We're doing it in remembrance of him, which makes it sacred. You know, it makes it... Uh, a unique, a a spiritual grace imparted to us as we're doing those things. And so God works in that stuff. It's not just the gospel preached, but the gospel dramatized. And I think that that's uh, Hmm. an important thing to, to keep in mind. But why do you
2: think he hid himself? This was kind of a, a thing we tossed around in our life group. Like Why did he choose? And the other thing is, like, uh, I mean, the how question is interesting, too. Like, what did he do? Did he have, like, you know, did he change his appearance? He must have, right? Yeah. Well,
0: I mentioned in Mark, if it's the same two disciples, because Mark says he appeared to two disciples, uh, maybe even on a road. Does it say on a road?
2: uh, If you include that in, in... Scripture <laughs> that section so, is oh, I'm, I'm gotcha. curious,
0: but that part's where it says he appeared in another form. Right, like it's kind right, of an interesting right. Interesting thing.
2: Which I mean, I guess, I guess is a fine way of saying it. He he hid himself from them is what it says here. But so he, is that what it says? Yeah, doesn't it sixteen? While they, no, it they talking, did not recognize him. Oh wait, maybe that's the Mark one I'm thinking then. They didn't recognize him. Yeah, it just as they didn't recognize him. Their, yeah. uh, no, their eyes were kept.
0: Their, yeah, there you go. That's I mean, crazy. I don't know what that's the right.
2: actual so, original language is. but
1: So, but, yeah, in in the NLT, it says, but God kept them from recognizing him. I don't think that's a good tr- translation because, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. That's in ESV. That's the ESV. Yeah. But it is the eye their eyes were kept when you sort of look at that word kept it's in the imperfect passive so i would assume it would be in the active so it was like a to say god actively was keeping their eyes from recognizing jesus but this was in the passive sense um i i would interpret this or maybe help translate this would to say because of their own spiritual blindness, they were kept from recognizing him. Not that God kept them from recognizing him, but they were already in a condition of spiritual
2: blindness. Yeah. And therefore unable to recognize him. And But obviously, and then later, their eyes are opened, which is an act of God. So both things that are happening. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Jesus
2: has a plan, as he always does. And in this particular instance, he is like, you know, hiding himself or they were hidden from... Understanding who he was and the question that I we were just thinking about is like why would God choose and we don't obviously know the answer if he doesn't explicitly tell us but we can we can kind of ascertain the 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 reasons that he may have had you know for for sort of doing this this thing and I don't know if you had thought about that or think like maybe why would you think God would Choose to do this in this way. Choose to do to hide himself. Have this discussion. Oh, foolish ones! Do you not know? Like,
0: we we did this passage in in uh, youth group too. And Mm. uh, Max Hurtado, Mike's son, is one of our uh, youth group leaders. And I think he raised a really good point there in that he was saying, you know, when you're a kid, your your parents just teach you things, right? But as you get older, they want you to learn. How to learn things, right? They don't want you, they don't want to just have to keep telling you everything you're supposed to believe. And I wonder if there is some element of that, of like letting them learn the lesson. Because really, I mean, they say our hearts were burning with it. So they obviously were receiving that teaching Mm -hmm. and they were receiving it on its own merit. This is good teaching. This is explaining the Bible accurately. And it's not just like, that's before they realized they were even talking to Jesus. Right. So they're affirming, like, man, that was, like, great teaching. That was power. That was, and I I mean, probably, because that's the comment about Jesus. People who believed and didn't believe, they're like, this guy teaches with authority.
2: Yeah, Like,
0: whether they believed anything about who Jesus said he was, son of God, Messiah, whatever, they were like, this dude teaches with authority. Everyone's oppressed, even his uh, you know, detractors are impressed by him. I don't even know is that a word? Does yeah. that word make sense? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I said I'm like, I don't know if I use that right. Um, but they're impressed with his authority. So the the authority of the teaching was on the content not on the amazement of this resurrected
2: christ right it was right, like dang right. this is
0: accurate whether there's any miracle happening here you know
1: yeah
2: he sort of came to him, came to them as as sort of an equal then you know mm. like you're having a discussion well it's let me another traveler. let me join in the discussion and then at the end of it they realized who they were really talking to that's a that's a good point um yeah debbie jones in our life group had mentioned something that was kind of funny if if they recognized him they would not have had the patience to listen to what he was actually saying. <laughs> they would saying. have just been hugging him. They would him. be like, whoa, yeah, <laughs> you're alive. This is amazing. They would probably, yeah. like, not have the ability to, like, sit and listen, you know, with a with – a, and not because they're not listening, but because they're so excited and yeah. moved yeah. by what's happening. And yet Jesus had this plan to educate them yeah. and to give us who – we see ourselves in this passage you know pretty easily as these hope, people who had hope in the wrong place and all all of that and now jesus is giving them this education and helping all of us for all of time look and have this interpretive lens yeah. like you mentioned uh, in your sermon that it that christ is the interpretive lens for yeah. all of the scriptures yeah. and th- so i think that he's doing a few things there but it, I, it's I just think an there's
0: something too to like jesus's Um, if we think about like like, what are the original audience learning from this and you know Lou saying I I wrote this so you could authentically believe in it and Mm -hmm. trust in what Mm -hmm. you've been taught like there's nothing else no other person you can think of that is able to kind of manipulate time and space and perception and and Disappear and reappear, and mm-hmm. and like you know, right after this, he's eating with the disciples, fully human. You mm-hmm. like digesting things, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he's disappearing again, and like fully human, but fully God, like mm-hmm. fully like traveling mm-hmm. between. Uh, you know, I uh I was talking to a a guy who was a, was a parent of one of the girls on my basketball team about uh Sasquatch at Thriftway. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, normal and, conversations oh, yeah. for Cody <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. and he said, uh, he said that he has another friend that believes in Sasquatch cause I also do. And, <laughs> and he, he said, he asked this guy if, if Sasquatch is real, why, why, have we, why have we not just caught one, you know? And he said the guy just like totally casually looked him right in the eye and said, because he travels interdimensionally. <laughs> like that was like it was like the obvious Duh. the obvious answer was oh he travels but then like but Jesus dude, like traveling interdimensionally like yeah, it's yeah. like this crazy thing this is different than like Lazarus's resurrection right right, right. Lazarus just came back out of the tomb yeah. and was alive Jesus's resurrection is not like some random hmm. human is now like an alive human again. This is like a, a member, different Jesus, a, like a member yeah, of a the Trinity, glorified Jesus, <laughs> like a yeah. person of the Trinity, fully God, fully human, is doing whatever he wants because yeah. he fully inhabits heaven and earth and humanity mm-hmm. and godhood. Like mm-hmm. it's just like this insane thing being presented to an audience. Yeah, like you need to believe this. And you can trust it because people
1: saw crazy things happen around this. Yeah, (laughs) I don't I don't think again, I don't think it was that Jesus kept their eyes like intentionally, like put a blinder over them. I think that there was already a blinder over them because he says you are slow of heart to believe like Mm. they did not believe they didn't have faith. They didn't have faith in the true gospel. And I think that's like a good a uh, reminder for us that there's a lot of people who are like really close and and they have all of the feels, right, of a Christian. They like go to church and they like participate in things um but like when you actually start getting down to like heart issues, like they haven't actually like submitted their hearts mm-hmm. to belief in the biblical Jesus and it's it's interesting like you that's a really good point you can't just like i mean look at these people i mean they were like they believe they know the scriptures they hold to a form of scripture belief they memorize bible verses i mean they've got it all this is gonna get some people upset but awanas and bible memorization doesn't save you right you can know all of the bible stories and and have a completely wrong interpretation or category for Mm -hmm, them mm -hmm. and so but you got to start i think if anything this is a a discipleship story a discipleship leading to evangelism story you have to ask people what do you think yeah what do you think happened here and then get it from them right and then you'll you'll hear people say some bizarre things well i believe this about god or i think he like like i was having the conversation with the guy over the weekend and he was so upset at God for like the bad things that happen in the world. Right. God is such a jerk because he lets bad things happen. And, and I'm like, well, one person responded. It wasn't me. It was another person who was like, well, God never promises in his word that you're going to have a comfortable life. Yeah. He never said that
0: <laughs> you will have trouble. Yeah. yeah if anything. <laughs> and, yeah.
1: But, but this person had imposed a view on God, if you're if you are actually good, then this bad thing wouldn't happen. Yep. And, and 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 I just asked him, I'm like, "What? Well, if God doesn't exist, why why do you think that's bad? What? Where is your moral compass? Yep. Who is the one defining what's good and what's evil? You, mm-hmm. society. Yeah. What? Let's just keep going. Who is the highest office that defines moral goodness? and, and evil. Yeah. And you, you eventually have to land on, there is a moral law giver, right? It's like the classic argument. And yeah, yeah, like I was saying earlier to you guys, this guy wasn't saying anything new, like we haven't heard before and couldn't answer real fast. But I think as Christians, it's incumbent upon us to go deeper with people to actually ask them, tell me what you believe and why you believe it. And let's hear from you and and then get deeper and deeper. And then you'll you Mm -hmm. can then you can actually talk to the person and what they're actually struggling with um, or where maybe they've been misguided in some theology or Mm -hmm. whatever. And then just bring them back to Jesus, bring them back to the gospel like every time. And you'll you'll see their their beliefs, uh, their unbeliefs start to be shaped better and their hope restored. And despair pushed away and their eyes opened. And uh, I think what's cool here is that they were kind of excited to keep hearing these things. But the big thing was like uh, seeing miracles would be amazing. And Jesus literally vanished from their sight, (laughs) which is like, whoa, that's crazy. But you know what they comment on? They the, say the interpretation of is wasn't our heart burning when he talked about the scriptures with us? Dude, I didn't even think of it that
0: way. That's so funny. They didn't go. What that the dude's heck? gone. That dude disappeared. No, they were. They like, were like, man, that Bible teaching. That Bible <laughs> teaching was dope. We want more of that Bible teaching. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, I wish I had like thought about that more. <laughs> Miracles so are cool,
1: but the greatest miracle he is disappears. hearing God speak. You know. He and disappears yeah, that's and they wild. It cool, that is wild, dude. We can go on and on about this <laughs> oh, story. That's it's so, so funny. great. I yeah. I think my takeaway though is just the need for personal relational discipleship. It yep. takes time to walk with people and figure out what their thing is, and then making time for them. And then they're like, "Can you continue this conversation? Let's do this again. Let's meet up again next week and talk about the Bible together." Yeah. You know. And I and th- think th- that book important. I
0: referenced, God Space by Doug Pollock, like I've read bits and pieces of it and I was reading it and I was like, I need to read this again. It's like so practical. It's like there's like a chapter on how to reengage a conversation when somebody started a spiritual conversation and you blew the opportunity. <laughs> it's like a chapter <laughs> on like, hey, here's how you bring
1: it up again and get
0: back into the conversation. Like it's so
1: practical. It's a great little book. Well, and, and let me comment on something that you said in your sermon. And I think even in our podcast here so far is, um, like we're going to do church a different way, right? There's some other like r- novel way that we've never thought about that's going to transform people's lives. And it's like, it's really just bring it back to the basics, the Bible, yeah. just bring him back to the Bible <laughs> engage in meaningful relationships Mm -hmm. let people see that you're a real person also struggling on this journey to follow Jesus you haven't gotten all figured out either and but it really is just like the power of God's word like my mentor Dr. Morgan said the preaching the scriptures week by week Really does transform lives, hmm. and I think he said that to us because when you're first going into ministry, you're sort of like, you mean just talking about the Bible is actually going to like transform lives? That seems so insane, yeah, and it really does hmm. and and i mean i I'm saying that like sort of subjectively and experientially, mm-hmm. but you have to say that by faith like. I believe that because the Bible tells me even from this story, that's what happens. Yeah. And so I believe that. I operate on that and then I experience it to be true when I see lives transformed in front of me. Now, we're the aroma of life to life and we're the aroma of death to death right. to those who are perishing, right? So there's not everybody likes the Bible yeah. and those who preach it. And so you can't let the the haters Sort of that—that in and of itself is also a marker yep. that the word of God is working and active and alive and revealing people. The people who don't want to believe hate that; yeah. they hate it. And though, but those who are being saved, it's the power of God unto salvation, right? Mm-hmm. And exactly. so, <coughs> yeah. anyway,
0: well, and that's the value of you know the the type of preaching that we value here, mm. because if I'd just been like, I need to make people more hopeful, let me put together a Ted talk mm-hmm. on 10 life giving habits that yep. will make you more hopeful and unlock your potential. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Like <laughs> for sure. It might. And actually a sermon like that might leave some people walking away going like I'm transformed. Yeah. I'm going to go do all those habits. I'm going to start making those. I you can know. do this. I'm amazing. Yeah. And then it's like, you know, by what is it January
1: thirteenth <laughs> after
0: your new year's resolutions <laughs> fail like your your hope's gone again you know
1: yeah i I heard um so there was that quote, I think Dr. Morgan also said, um, well, about the whole you, you know as you get older you'll forget your sermons too. what you preached on last Sunday. I think that quote I said last week or yeah. whenever that was. Yeah, it was last week. Easter Is is uh, like your sermon was great. You know, like people will remember that. But they won't remember it in a month. Not that long. Yeah, no. Like they'll be like, oh, I remember that time Cody like cried. That was funny. And, Which one? Uh, yeah. Yeah. But but like preaching weekly is is uh, I had a. Dent removed on my truck a long time ago. And if it's the paintless dent removal thing. Okay. Yeah. And this is a great metaphor for preaching. Like this guy, it was the tiniest little dent. I mean, it was like an inch in diameter. It took him two hours to push this dent out. And what they do, if you guys have ever seen this, it's a little rod. They create some leverage on something and they just like slow, subtle pushes with this point and it's just pushing, 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 and you see it go up and then it goes right back. For the first 10 minutes, you literally see zero change, zero change. But when you just slowly push on this thing, little by little, little by little, you make 2000 impressions on this (laughs) dent and it works it out smooth. Mm-hmm. It was shocking. This is the, that'll preach illustration. Yeah. That's what a sermon does. A sermon is one push. Mm-hmm. But when you do that for two years, three years, you'll be shocked how much transformation has happened. But one sermon ain't going to change your life. Right, yeah. And, and people who, who go for the, the home run hit every week, <laughs> they just don't understand how transformation works in yeah. real people. For real. It's, it's, it's journeying on a road and having conversations and walking with people day by day and transformation and godliness, like uh, the Jim Elliott quote, it takes your whole life to give your whole life to Jesus.
2: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> it takes a long time, you know, to transform It's a great lives. quote. I it's don't think such, I've even heard that. That's it's a great quote. It's such a good quote. He's, he is, I mean, like C.S. Lewis, right, just mm, incredibly yeah. quotable. Um. Oh, that, that was a funny thing. Yeah, I we got to tweet that after this. That's a great quote. <laughs> that was a funny thing I was going to bring up, Qu- Cody. Because you cry right every time you <laughs> preach. Every time. So I every time I texted Cody <laughs> Rob. Most of the times I texted Rob at 9:50 during the first service. You're, you're you're coming to the end, and I I said, how's it going? Rob just gives me the thumbs up and the shaka, <laughs> <laughs> and then the next I text him back and I say, any crying question <laughs> mark. <laughs> And and he ignored uh, ignored it for a bit, and then responded back to me two hours later and said, "Yes, there were tears, but the morning went great." And I just started laughing so hard, dude. Oh man! <laughs> Jeez, that's you. So texted funny.
2: me was like during the final worship song. Yeah, it yeah. was literally playing. The, pro-
0: the problem is like uh, I f- I feel like I g- I get this lump in my throat, and then it's gonna come like it happens at a certain point like so i always preach uh, my sermons to emily first uh-huh. she says you know different things about him usually it's like oh good that was nice but sometimes <laughs> she has like oh maybe you don't say That's that or good. this wasn't clear or whatever um, but when I said it to her, I mean that was a really emotional time for me and my family. Mm. Yeah. And so I was thinking about what she was thinking about as I'm describing the situation, and I got emotional then.
2: gosh, And
0: she's it. like, You're done, dude. Like you're gonna <laughs> You're like, it's not gonna happen. But then like you get back to that point.
2: <laughs> you're done. You dude. get back to that
0: point, and then I'm feeling the emotion that I felt the night before when I was saying it to Emily. Yeah. Yep. And so it's like all right back. And I remember there was one time. <laughs> I this this thing happened at another church I was preaching at where I got choked up during the sermon. <laughs> and uh and the dude who was running sound as a young guy, he was kind of a friend and he was like he was like, "Dude, did you plan where to get choked up?" Cuz you got choked up at like the right at the exact same like word both like So he's thinking like, "I planned like right here, like I had a note like like get choked yeah, yeah, up a Yeah, little in bit. your notes. Yeah. But it's like all the emotion of that like comes back every time. Like you can't avoid it. And I was actually second service was like, dude, I'm getting through this. And then it was all of a sudden it So was, it like, was it worse. I it was worse <laughs> first I, service? I think it was worse. I think it was it it was early onset choked up emotions,
2: uh, in first service. It oh, came early, I only lost second came, service. It came
0: sooner, I think. Oh wow. But,
2: well, I mean, the thing is, it is a genuine emotion. Like it's yeah. clear you're not you're not like forcing yourself to fake cry. Yeah, I didn't,
1: I didn't write it.
2: You were definitely I didn't
0: write it yeah. into the sermon. Like, well, tear yeah, up a little.
1: That's good that Emily. Oh, I so what, remember when you were interviewing here. Uh, you you guys came to my house for dinner. Yeah. And uh, do Emily started crying? Yeah, remember she that? cries too but emily started crying we should all about make fun of her she cries all the their time. their situation you know with the <laughs> church plan and right. how cody was working seven days a week and just all of this stuff and she was just hard on their family at the time and uh man i was like i gotta bring these people on the team dude <laughs> i i, yeah, I mean obviously i works. was i liked you but then i met emily and i'm like yeah yeah, she needs to come over here. She you, needs, you got she hired be because of Emily. Oh, I mean, dude, 100%. I'm, yeah. I won't even lie to him and say it wasn't. It was, uh, And she's not even the volunteer of the week. Yeah, this someone week, else She's already yeah. been there. Uh, no, for sure. But I appreciated that she was vulnerable right then, and I could see that. So I could see how you were influenced with the tears yeah. from Emily, because yeah, I've right. seen that
2: was a hard season. Well, you just knew that you're just so cold hearted. You need a, you know, someone who has some emotion remote, some <laughs> that was to able to come on and balance. Trust me. It's only
1: a matter yeah. of time before you see me cry too.
0: Well, uh, speaking oh, of true. volunteer of the week. Great
1: segment. Volunteer of the week.
0: <laughs> who we got? Uh, I think Rob was going to do it, but I know already it is Mike Hurtado. Mike Hurtado. Yep. Yes, because... We mentioned it already because
2: he's the volunteer of the week what do you mean he volunteers as a life group leader he he uh gave his testimony this saturday and he helps to coordinate and organize along with a a group of other guys the The men's men's ministry ministry. and uh does a wonderful job there he also helps in kids ministry now Yeah. yeah so he's kind of a little bit everywhere yeah mike really helps out a lot around the church but yeah he leads a life group um and he does a lot. And his wife as well yeah. is a is a very important volunteer for us. Mm-hmm. But Mike did a wonderful job sharing his story, uh, talking about the, the hurdles that he had to go through as, you know, a young man and where he is now and gave some really good encouragement to the other guys, uh, which I appreciated. So, uh, if yeah. you missed that gentleman, yeah. I know the weather was nice, and i <laughs> probably they're like, ah, that's a good day to go fishing, yeah, you missed out it was a good time yeah he's so you, i mean beyond you, that he
1: he's just a good unifying church member, yeah. like when he walks around, he says hi to people in the fellowship hall, and he volunteers in these spaces, but he's just a good mm-hmm. normal church member that just like meets new people, prays mm-hmm. for people, encourages young men in their faith like he's yeah i mean he's just like the ideal sort of church member that you're looking for you know he's involved he's encouraging and uh he's evangelistic
2: and uh yeah i like him a lot and he loves Uh, golf yeah, I love him. <laughs> uh, you know what else though? He he. I was talking about disc golf, and he was like really getting into it. Oh yeah, he literally was on his phone. He's like, okay, I'm gonna go. He was showing me offer up like different people selling discs. Oh wow! And I was like, no, let's just. And I was giving him some different advice. So we're definitely gonna go disc golfing soon enough, dude. I'm in you on guys, that.
1: I gotta get in on yeah. that. Yeah, dude, Apparently, I got. I gotta say something almost happened to me that's never happened to me in my life though. When I went, I went golfing this weekend. I almost got an albatross. Which is where, oh, okay. on a par oh. five, you hit it in two. So it's like a double eagle. I, I was two inches, two inches away from going in the hole on my mm. second shot on a par five. Mm. And I fell on the ground because I couldn't believe it fell just short. That would have been yeah. my first time. It was dope.
0: Well, I'm fairly disappointed, too, because I thought this story was going to be about you like a drive. Struck an albatross no, <laughs> that no. fell from the sky. Is that? <laughs> and oh, I'm yeah. like, dang, there's an albatross flying over. But no. I was gonna say about Mike. Mike is also a great example of someone who asks like good questions yeah. of people and yeah. gets himself into spiritual conversations. He does. Uh, like you mentioned, how evangelistic he is. So if you missed
1: his testimony,
0: take him to coffee.
1: Yeah. Ask him. Right.
0: Ask him to, to tell it to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. All right. We got to move through. We're running out of time. Yeah,
0: well, I think we, I don't actually have a Bible trivia question.
1: Oh, far. wow. So somebody
0: good. email office at org a trivia question, oh and boy. we'll try to answer it. But we are out of time. These guys got to go pick up their kids from school. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's God true. bless. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this on Sunday episode of the Canby Christian Church podcast. For more information about Canby Christian Church and its ministries, visit canbychristian.org.
1: I knew it.